three, two, one. Welcome to the League Series. Look at round 18 of the NRL season. I am AJ Luke Antonio with League Unlimited, the front row program, and with stats before. Joining us, as always, our cadet journo from 2SM, Reese Sullivan. G'day, Reese. Thank you for having me. Very much looking forward to this episode. We were meant to have some friends from Brisbane, but of course, as everybody on planet Earth is probably aware, Twitter is in a state of disrepair, and that episode has definitely been shelved. But we did get some feedback in from the guys that they have been able to send through on Twitter, and we will go from there. So when we get to the Broncos game, we're definitely going to include that. But we've got one very happy camper, and we've got one very sad camper. Thank you, Roosters, for that. <laughs> Let's kick off this, this round review. And it was a 52-16 victory for the Cronulla Sharks over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. It was very much a game that convoluted on itself. It was 24-16 midway through the second half before a Shark attack. Five tries in the space of 25 minutes sealed the game for the Sharks in emphatic fashion. And again leaves Ben Hunt's future on tenterhooks. Uh, first and foremost, Reese, what were your thoughts on the game? It was just, you know, first few half and a bit, the Sharks looked like the Sharks, you know, a team that promises so much but offers so little, you know, frustrating little. Um, but then last half hour, last 25, 20 minutes of the game, uh, Cronulla just managed to flick it up into the next couple of years and just showed the true golfing class between those two rosters. Yeah, I tend to agree there. Will Kennedy sold from the back, 222 metres. Ronaldo Militalo, the back five, superb. Nico Hines giving himself in his origin chances no harm with three try assists, three line break assists, and a very good option for those that captained him in Supercoach. Uh, elsewhere, I thought their forwards stood up. Teague, Dale, Tommy Hazelton is proving to be one impact option off the bench, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got to see that firsthand when he was up against the Broncos. Uh, and he proved again this game too. The lovely, lovely try. Uh, just, yeah, he is definitely one of those props that you wouldn't look at and say is should be on the starting side. But being able to bring them off the bench is luxury. Yeah, uh, even though I, I just don't know how this Sharks bench works because McInnes, Hazelton, Jack Williams have all shown their role at some point during the season. With all due respect to Wade Graham, I don't know where he fits, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, easy answer might be that he doesn't. We've spoken numerous times about what Wade Graham's future might be with the Sharks, what it might not be. You know, next season, if, as we expect him to, he does decide to call it a very respectable and well-earned career. Um, but, yeah, it just feels as though if the Sharks do want to compete for a premiership, they're going to have to make a decision sometime in the near future on what they do with Wade Gray. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Orica Kafusi stood up as a starting forward. A bit of question marks after a few indifferent weeks. Uh, Braden Hamlin-Welle went off with a rib injury. That happened in the first carry, I believe, at the game. It was a very shaky beginning for the Sharks. They threw the football around inside their own end. Uh, really dangerous to see how 
uh, the Dragons attacked and basically scored in that opening minute through Ravawala. And you're kind of thinking, hang on, this game's not exactly going to go into script. And then the Sharks produced that. So I think the Dragons, if they can get some more football, they had 39 possession, percent possession, I should say. And they had a low possession count last week, remember, too, Reese. Yeah, but I think at the same time, uh, you're going to have very little ball when you're spending most of the second half kicking off. So, it does work both ways. Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. And you've got these glashes of brilliance from Tyrone Sloan when he runs 90 metres to score, and then you get the defensive side of things where he misses free tackles as well. So, you get the good and the bad with Tyrell Sloan, Dragon supporters. Michaeli Ravawala has these glimpses of football that make me like him one minute and then the next I'll go, how is he earned a spot in this side? <laughs> yeah. He's a confusing player, Michaeli, isn't he? Like on one hand, he is obviously extremely talented. Um you know, gets in, does his job, which is to score tries. But on the other hand, He's very error-prone. Yeah. Um, the Dragons' left-hand edge defense for the second week in a row torn to absolute smithereens. And um, it wasn't too long before um, Twitter specialist and Dragons' edge uh, coach candidate, Matt Cooper, decided to jump on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> like, seriously, Matty Cooper, mate. And it sucks that I can't even go back and see the tweet, thanks to Elon. But far out, I mean... That edge was torn to absolute smithereens all night long, wasn't it? Mate, it was... It was awful. I mean... You know... The Sharks knew the game plan. They obviously read the scanning report. And they went and took advantage of it. Oh, didn't they? And I thought the... Um, Jacob Little, uh, 100th game... Well, it was a milestone game. I'm not too sure if the milestone was off the top of my head. Um, where is it? Here. Uh, it was... Ask, ask George, I'm sure he'd know. It was something like that, but it was some milestone of some description that George was talking about because he was... You tried to have a go at me when I was doing the update about it. <laughs> <laughs> that backfired. That backfired. <laughs> but, again, the Dragons just need to deliver a little bit more. Um, he who shall not be named, I thought... Defensively, he's been really sound. 56 tackles a game for him. He was really solid, but their middle needs to tidy up. Jaden Sura, a bit leaky on that edge as well. Matt Thiergay, he was defending out at centre all night. He was made to be a bit of a fall-off. But for the Sharks, we've heard a lot about flat-track bullies over the last couple of weeks. Let's take a look at their run home, and let's see if we can confirm that theory. So we've got, after the bye, after I've got the Tigers, I've got a trip to Auckland, a home game against Manly, and a away trip to... Penrith, an away trip to Perth to play Souths, Titans, Cowboys, Canberra, sorry, not Canberra, uh, Newcastle, then Canberra. So it's a very tough run home for the Sharks. Yeah, I was going to say, that's definitely not the easiest run home. And, well, if they are flat track bullies, you'd think they're going to get caught out in the next few weeks. Yeah, I tend to agree, friendo Mundo, especially that trip to Perth to play Souths. And if they can get firing again, on all cylinders, it'll be something to watch for. But for the Dragons, their next encounter is against Canberra on Friday night. Should be a close king counter. 
out at Wollongong. And then for the Sharks, they take on the Tigers on Thursday night. So definitely another chance to captain Nico Hines. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to that a little bit later. But we, anything else you want to touch on this game, my friend? Uh, no, I think we've covered it pretty much. It wasn't exactly the most enticing game in the world. Um, I will Lived say, up to Thursday night. I will say, just quietly, it was interesting to see, first of all, the reports that Shane Flanagan would allow Zach Lomax to secure a release from the Dragons if another club was willing to take on a sizable chunk of his $800,000 per year salary. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, also interesting to note that Ben Hunt was seen touching down in Brisbane today. That was for a function. It was for a function? Yes, and I'm sure that Cameron Serrano was just having a regular lunch with Bill Gould. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I think Steve Mitchell from the Titans might have been at that function too. We'll just have to wait and see about that one. Yeah. Just have to wait and see. Uh Moving on, Friday night footy. First of our double header, we turned it off to Go Media. Oh, shit. We don't say it anymore. Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. Uh, and we got tied up in speak there. Uh, South Sydney, 28, defeating the Wires, 6. And what a brave victory this was by South Sydney. Let's just get that straight off the bat. Um, a lot of key players out in this side. Campbell Graham, uh, Isaiah Tass, Latrell Mitchell. Their backline very much makeshift. Uh, but I thought they really stood up and delivered. Uh, Cam Murray is at his absolute best. Harme Sele, too, in the middle is really impressive. Kingard was great. Tatola was great. Cam Murray provided a huge point of difference off the bench in what was a very good all-round team display, mate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they really stepped up in conditions that don't normally suit their style. Like, you think of South Sydney, this like aggressive, expansive team with these players like Cody Walker and Damon Cook that are just going to be too fast for you. And in the end, they just went to New Zealand, which is a team that should be built to be able to play in the rain, and just punched them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a very, very strong performance by the Stats in your Abydos. Really puts them back on track after what was a tough couple of weeks for them. Yeah, 100%, my friend. And I thought they had a really good debutante story with Tyrone Munro. Started the year in SG ball, moved up to Jersey Flag, moved up to New South Wales Cup and made his NRL debut and ended up with a good try too uh, off some backline play. But really impressed with Blake Taffet fullback. Actually, no, I, no, I am not impressed with Blake Taffet fullback. Look at those. Look at the runs for Blake Taffet. Look at the running meters for, at fullback. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, for those of you playing along at home who do not have um, the NRL.com app up on your phone, uh, that is four carries for 14 metres from the full exposition. <laughs> of the kick returning. Tane, Milne, um, Richie Kenner, Tyrone Munro. They're all up there on kick returns for them. Uh, very wet night in Auckland, as we touched on. Uh, Cody Walker, great with the kicking game. Ilias was great as well. I think it was a much more shared responsibility in the kicking game. He had 13 kicks for Walker, 12 kicks for Ilias. So it was really good to see that shared role, if you get my drift there. 
I get what you're saying. Uh, and you also got to remember that Patrol Mitchell can do some kicking as well. So he comes back next game for the Bunnies or two games time, whatever. He'll be able to come and chip in as well. Yeah, 100%, my friend. And one thing that I think a lot of people are touching, uh, touching on enough was this is over in Auckland. Like, this is the second team now to batter all, uh, the Warriors in the rain at home. You had the Roosters uh, holding to a duck egg earlier in the season. This time, the Warriors are probably more improved. So I think this is a bigger win than a lot of people are saying. Yeah, I agree. Um, this was, like I said, a very dominant performance by South Sydney. And I think I think I was actually pretty surprised by just how good they look. Yeah. 100%. But on to the Warriors. This is probably their worst performance of the season. 69% completion rate. Say it. Nice. Thank you. 44% possession. Uh, they were outran by over 400, 300 metres. Post-contact was 137, 33 more than their opposition. Only the one line break. Uh, play the ball speed. Their rack speed was a little bit quicker. Uh, they're kicking game. They're out-kicked by, like, nearly 250 metres. Uh, 16 at missed tackles, which isn't too bad. I did the Warriors stats for missed tackles. But 13 errors was pretty disappointing. And I think they really lacked a little bit when Fadua Blake went to the Simden, which I thought was a very controversial call. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, touch and go, really, with the Simden. I think you had... There was a good argument for both sides on that one. Like, like there has been for a lot of them this season, now that I think of it. He got he only got a grade one charge, so is the sim being called correct there? I don't know. Well, I mean, using our, um, our grading system, it's not. And you've got to give credit. Fidel Blake, that's only his first charge under the new siding rule, so he's done pretty good for himself, AFB. Well, yeah, exactly, so... Well, he, he, he gets the bed, remember? So he's gone a long way. He was? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Not often you see props avoid charges for what it's been nearly two and three quarter years now. So, or one and three quarter yeah. years. They so, missed yeah. his go forward. He was the he was the best of the bunch. Uh, Torhu was good. Mitch Barnett shot. I thought... They really missed Josh Curran. I know he's got his own problems to deal with, but I thought they missed his go forward a little bit. Uh, Montoya ran for over 100 metres. Chance was good. Uh, elsewhere, defensively, uh, Wade Egan missed three tackles, four ineffective. Mitch Barnett missed five tackles, only three ineffective. But I thought that their halves were quite poor in this game just because the way that Sean Johnson was taking the ball to the line, he had to he did. All of the Warriors kicking, only forcing the one drop out. Do you think that Luke Metcalf needed to take on more responsibility in the absence of Tamaro? 100%. I mean, remember with the Broncos game where he made his debut with the Warriors and you asked, you asked me about that and I said, look, you know, I thought Metcalf didn't do he, – he, he just sort of was there. And that was very similar in this game. Metcalf was just sort of there, sort of coming in to make sure the Warriors had 13 on the field. He 
in situations like that, the, the driving right, you have to get your kicking game one hundred percent right. right. There's no there's no ifs ands or maybe's about it. And if it's just only one guy doing your kicking, the defense is going to hone in on that, and it makes it a lot harder. Um, so massive, massive missed opportunity there by Metcalf to step up, give Johnson a bit of support, and show really still he he still hasn't proven what he can do at the first grade level. So missed opportunity to show it. Yeah, very much missed opportunity to show it. Uh, but again, they really missed the impact with their forwards when Fadua Blake went off the field. Uh, very, very good signs from uh, Afoa. I thought he was strong up front. Uh, really carried the football nice and strong. Uh, but for the Warriors, I think this is a loss they needed on their road into the finals. I can agree with that. I think you know they've been riding, riding pretty high the last few weeks. Um, but at the same time, this was also a game where you would have considered them to put a target on Sassini back and go out to get the win to show that they have the credentials. You know, that's a team that's been in the preliminary finals for five years straight. They're a good team. They're a team that's, despite the recent results, they're still one of the top teams in the competition season. Those are the teams you have to go and beat. And the Warriors, they couldn't do it against South, and they couldn't do it against the depleted Broncos side. So now you have to start asking some questions. Yep, they are just two points inside the eight. They're at the bottom of the teams on 22 points after the weekend. Round of action, and of course they've got a four-point gap on teams like man, uh, like the Dolphins and the Roosters, who are outside chances now making the eight. Of course, after result, after results this weekend. Thank you, guard. <laughs> but yeah, lots to consider there. But moving on, uh, Penrith 34, Melbourne 16. Uh, really good display here from the Pampers. They were down pretty early, but I thought. They, their resilience really showed in this one. Yeah, well, I'm not going to discredit from the Panthers because obviously this was a phenomenal performance by them. A very gutsy win, a win that they deserved from really the minute they walked out. But I feel like this isn't so much of a game the Panthers won as it is a game that Melbourne lost. I thought the Storm were extremely poor. Uh, they weren't as clinical as they really should be. Uh, Munster must have been still suffering the effects of Caxonitis because he didn't look anywhere near as dominant on the ball as, we, as we're used to from him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just this was a massive opportunity for Melbourne to, you know, really emphasise on what they've built these last few weeks, show that they are use, you know, still that top dog in the NRL that they've been for such a long time. And put simply, they blew it. They did blow it. And they had so many chances. So, you know, in that first half, they could have put the game away. And they just let the Panthers into the game. And then once the Panthers took a lead, they never lost it. They never looked like losing it. Yep. I tend to agree. 68% completion rate, too, for the Storm. Uh, they started the game really, really strong. They got that charge down, Chai, off Harry Grant. And you really start to think that momentum was with them. I think 
Jack Cogger didn't really have his blockers in front of him. Good read from Harry Grant. He had some speed about him too because he was in the front line when he made that charge down. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always nice when you have the ability to let your hooker be the guy who puts kick pressure on. Um, I think Harry Grant might be probably the only hooker in the game that can pull that off. Uh, it just shows how underrated his overall versatility is. Yeah. I tend to agree. Very, very good stuff there from Harry. But Nelson Asafa-Salmona added a try in the 24th minute. A bit of controversy about this one. What did you think of it? I mean, look, if they said that Mitchell Stark dropped that catch in the ashes this morning because it hit the ground, I mean, yes, the ball was rolling. Now, I'm going to disagree on this one. I think even yeah. though there is a change, before the ball contacts the ground, I think he's done enough to convert it back to his hand, his other hand. I mean, that doesn't change the rules, but it doesn't matter after the ball hits the ground. I guess I can agree with what you're saying. Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm saying that's a try. It just looked very, very dodged. It did look very, very dodged. But again, Pedriff picked up three tries in the space of nine minutes before half time, And I just look at guys like Isaac Tungor. We were touching on his performance last week. That bump off on Will Warbrick, mate. Holy shit. Knocked him out. Clean out. Clean out. Oh, man. That was some strength and a half to get that, to get that bump done. Question like, for you. Seriously, if that if that bump was in the AFL, Tiger would be looking at two, three weeks in the sideline. Here's a question for you. Do New South Wales put him in origin free? What do they have to lose? Like, what do they have to lose? Yeah, he... I heard Jack Martin mention it at the beginning of the year, and I kind of threw him off it. But now that I've seen Tungwell play since he's come back from that peck injury, I am on the I'm on the train. I mean, the reality is, all right, he's playing for the best team in the NRL right now. You've already picked one centre from that team; it hasn't worked. You might as well go for the other one. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, they just have nothing to lose. Just go out there. Yeah, nothing to lose. At all, my friend. Uh, Jerome Luai bounced back in a good way. I thought he was really strong. Picked up a two try assists, a line break assist. But I really thought that even though they lost a little bit of impact when Leoda and Fisher-Harris came off, I really thought Lindsay Smith picked up a bit of the slack. He's turned into a neat little fine for Penrith on the bench this year. What is this Penrith's forward factory? Seriously. I always love... They love having a good mid-twenties forward just come out of nowhere and turn into solid first-grade players. Yeah, he's ran for 100 metres in how many of his... How many NRL games has he played this season? Of his 12 games this year, Lindsay Smith has run over 100 metres seven times. For a bench prop, that's great efficiency. He's played big minutes too, like since the Roosters game, 57, 60, 49, 41. So he's part of his place in the team. 
Yeah, and I think with Spencer Lenu going, that could be a really big opportunity for Lindsay next year to take a bit of a leap as well. And I think where we'll get to the lower grade report, I'm going to highlight Liam Henry. He was great as well. I think he ran for yeah. just under 300 metres. That's, that's the hallmark of the real premiership contenders, isn't it? They lose the big names, but they have someone. But for Melbourne, are you worried? I would, I'm not as worried now as I would have been if this loss had have happened, you know, two months ago. I think they've proven over this origin period that they are still, them, Penrith and Brisbane, and to a lesser extent, South Sydney, are the teams to beat in the competition. No um, doubting that. Yeah, and they lose this game. You know, this was a game, probably like you said with the Warriors, this was a game that I felt Melbourne... You know, it probably does them better to lose than to win. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure Craig Bellamy gave them a proper baking um, in in recovery. So, I think they'll come out firing. Like, do they play next week or is their next game round 20? Melbourne have the bye round 19. That'll be their last yeah. bye of the season. Yeah, so Bellamy will enjoy putting them, putting them to work for a whole week, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. And also, I might just start with Melbourne. This is probably very much our Melbourne-like. Not one forward ran over 100 metres. Yeah, very on Melbourne-like. Especially, well, now that Nass is playing on an edge, you know, it's not too surprising that he's not picking up the slack. But, geez, guys like Christian Welsh, guys like Matt King. Josh. Geez, Josh King, sorry. Yeah, that's a bit odd. Yeah, very disappointing from the Storm in that one. But again, they've got the buyer. Things will be pretty chill, I believe, in Melbourne. I mean, except for the video review, Belliac would probably go off his nutter in that I mean, video review. I mean, you've seen that video of Postacoglu going at um, Australia, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah, I would assume with Bellamy, multiply that by 10. <laughs> anyway, moving on now to Super Saturday and it was Canberra 26 defeating the Gold Coast Titans 22. An interesting game of football this one. I mean, it was all bad news for the Titans early when uh, Mr. Philip Sami was injured in the warm-up. Jojo Fafina had to go in at very late notice on a wing. Canberra targeted it nice and early. They picked up a try. Excuse me. Albert Hopawati picked up a try. He's been really good this year, Albert. Yeah, that's sort of having to have Savage back in the first grade. He's held that <laughs> really well. It took me a second to process it, but yes. <laughs> yes, he has. Uh, Matt Timoko ran for over 200 metres. I mean, 100 of those came off that length of the field trial, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But Seb Chris took that bomb up in the air. Really good signs from Seb at the back. And with the Raiders really emphasising the development of Chevy Stewart at fullback, is that his spot to lose? I think so. It's interesting because how good say Mm-hmm. Especially since that Broncos game, he's been just as effective at the back as Savage was last season. And like you said, the Canberra, even in New South Wales Cup now, they're throwing all their eggs into the Chevy Stewart basket. They know he is the future fullback at that club. And 
He is. You know, until, I think until Canberra can prove otherwise, be it through injuries or through taking a risk, or sending back into first grade, I definitely think Seb Chris has that number one jersey on lock. My friend, 100% right. Uh, be interesting to see how that is played out. Uh, David Fafita picked up a try next in the 22nd minute off some clever little grubber-kicking play from the Titans. And you kind of thought at 12-4 is anyone's game. And then at 12-6 is anyone's game. And then the Titans, I thought, had a fair try taken off the board at halftime. Well, it's funny because if Fafita's the one that goes down in that situation, Fogarty's probably going to Sinbin. Mm-hmm. But because it's the other way around, it's a no try. Um, yeah, very harsh call on that. Yeah, very harsh call. Casey Badger in the bunker on that one, a very controversial one. A lot of people voicing their opinion about the decision. I definitely disagree with it live. I thought it was a very poor decision because... When you look at it, and I think a lot of people are questioning consistency across the board with the officiating this year. Yeah. I just think that... Yeah, go on. No, you fuck. (laughs) I just think that when... If Fogarty wants to stop and try and shield the ball dead, Fafita has every right to try and get around that. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, at the same time, in the inverse situation... There was a play in the Broncos-Dolphins game, uh, which mm-hmm. I know we'll get on later. Now, because of relevant. Tristan Saylor was shielding the ball dead, and one of the Dolphins players, I think it might have been the hammer, pushed him into the ball. Mm-hmm. That was called a dropout. So, same, same night, similar situations, two completely different results. Very inconsistent, isn't it? Yeah, massively. 100%. But again, they didn't let it get to them. The Titans, they did pick up the maiden try out of half time with Jojo Fafita crossing in the 42nd minute of play. Uh, really lovely work bit of set play from him down that left-hand side off a penalty. Uh, from there, the game kind of turned a little bit. You had Lofi Khan Pereira die for the corner following a knock-on from Corey Horsburgh. Now, I'm happy to let the advantage play there because he's taken his advantage by trying to score a try. Yeah. I agree. And then Timoko runs the length and scores. And that was a really good piece of refereeing from Todd Smith because no matter what the outcome was, it was going to be a try either way. Yeah, it was the uh, Burgess-Brooks fog all over again. It was, uh, but I think yeah. there should be more disappointment aimed from Jimmy Lenahan at the effort of his guys not playing to the whistle. A hundred percent there should be. Um, but at the same time, I will just go back to the advantage for. Uh, it yep. does raise the question again, should it just be a 100% replay in that situation? I'll get on to that when we talk about the Roosters game. Okay, okay, yeah, fair enough. We'll hold on. Because there was a similar situation in the Roosters game today. Okay, we'll hold on to that for a bit. Because when... I'll get on to it when we talk about the Schuster knock-on and when Sandin Smith kicked ahead. 
Yeah, okay. Okay, so we'll go on to that for later. Uh, Lofi Khan Pereira scored to make it 18-16. It was sort of back and forth game, and then Hudson Young sealed the game at the end with a try. It uh, was incorrectly put on to Tom Starling, but uh, I quickly fixed it, and it was all good. My bad on that one. I'll take the blame. But then they quickly got the penalty goal, make it 26-16. Tino crossed late, but by that point it was all over. 26-22. Uh, the Raiders, another tight win where they've hung on. Yeah, just they have had a habit of pulling out the close games this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say it's probably a very good habit for them because it's what got them to the finals last season. It's what got them that upset win over Melbourne last season. And it puts them in good stead to do it again this year, as long as they can keep this form up. Touched on Cam. They've been a really nice job. Had a couple of very sisters. They just had to keep Mm-hmm. And a quick update in the Ashes. Uh, England are 159 for four. A few wickets before lunch were on track, but for the Titans, nothing at all to be disheartened about. AJ was great. Their back five all ran for over 100 metres. Good signs there. Joff was huge in the middle for Fida. For Sumawawi, Fodawaka were good. They need a little bit more impact out of Isaacly U for me. Only the five carries of the football needs to probably lift his game there a little bit. Uh, but I think they need to get a little bit control, more control in the kicking game from Foran. Only the free kick. Khan Pereira had free as well, for reference. Jeez, okay, fair enough. Yeah, they definitely need stuff out of forward. Uh, forward. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. obvious. Get what I mean there, my friend? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Titans had more possessions. So they definitely had chances to win the game. They outran uh, set distance. They had an extra five metres per set. Uh Kicking game though is what let them down. They kicked, they were out kicked, five hundred and five to four hundred and sixteen. Missed tackles were relatively even. Penalty count eleven six in their favour. So they definitely had opportunities to win. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, brace yourself. We're off to record land. Queensland Country Bank Stadium, seventy four points to nil. North Queensland defeating the West Tigers. No, we are not at the Rugby League World Cup. It is not New Zealand against Jamaica. This is the National Rugby League, North Queensland against the West Tigers. <laughs> We're not doing Auckland to Kingston. We're doing Townsville to Leichhardt. Jesus, this was... I was glad that I got put on review for the previous game, not having to do this nightmare. Um, yeah, so I think probably the best way to analyze this game might be to go through the Tiger stats. So let's look at them here, right? You do so it, my friend. Tigers. Yeah, 37% possession, 52% completion. They ran for 1,300 less meters on 100 and... Oh, sorry, basically just 100 less runs. Uh, they ran for 350 less post-contact meters. They had one line break to North Queensland's 13, 28 tackle breaks to North Queensland's 54. The average set distance for the Tigers was 30 meters compared to the Cowboys' 56. 
They had 70 kick return meters all game, where the Cowboys had 250. The Tigers actually had the faster play the ball speed, but then again, they had nearly twice as few play the ball. Um, Tigers. Tigers. 68 meters. They only had to put up an attacking bomb all game. Offensively, you know, someone stands a team with 82% tackle efficiency. Um, 54 missed tackles, 24 effective because they were having to do so much. Uh, 16 errors, three penalties conceded. Getting Alex Twal Sinbind. Just a mess. It was a mess. And then you compound, then you qualify that over with the Cowboys. Scotty Drinkwater. Four line break assists, five try assists. I know Abby said that he should be a candidate for New South Wales when Tedesco eventually falls on his sword. And you said it last week, I might add too, but. Sheesh! Yeah, it's, I mean, it might be a situation of looking James in the eye and going, the future is now, old man. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah Nene was outstanding. Uh, 21 runs, 226 metres. Griffin Neem, 200 metres off the bench. Yeah, now let's, let's compare the key stats of Forward. Are you are you interested in fun? I don't know origin, if I am. Origin representative Stefano Utuakamanu, ten carries for seventy-one meters. Uh, Marquis signing Isaiah Papali'i, eight carries for sixty-four meters. The man who's going to change the Tigers' culture, John Bateman, five carries for thirty-three meters. The goat, Alex Wall, four carries for thirty-eight meters. And then actually turned up was clever. 11 carries for 113 meters. I just look at Brandon Wakem, free for nine. Oh, man, oh, man. Right. And three of them Dave were Laurie... too. <laughs> Dave Laurie turned up too when you look at it. 110 meters. He looked their most dangerous. Yeah. Um, but also worth noting that... He... Oh, he had six tackle breaks, actually. Uh, just That's what I mean. Just not a line break or a line break assist. Um, which Their line break was in like the first worried. minute of the game. Yeah, and it was uh, Norfolk coming off a tour pass. So, just really basic uh, strong side shift. Yeah, um, it was very, very basic. Yeah, I thought, I thought Fuller at times looked, you know, pretty destructive. Just really couldn't get the support he needed. Uh, Tor looks solid, but Norfoluma playing on the wing. Obviously, you know, with him, when the score starts running up, his effort starts going down. Um, again, you touched on Laurie. Six tackle breaks look phenomenal. Brandon Wakeham. It's time to start having a conversation about him. Yeah, 100%, my friend. And... Tim Sheens' press conference. Tim Sheens' presser. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, you know, if anything, Sheens is going to be honest with himself and with his team. Mm-hmm. And he, 
didn't hold back too much, did he? No, he was a bit angry at the media about a couple of things, but yeah, it's a very interesting one. And it looked like, uh, let me just, uh, 12 feet ladder, Sydney Morning Herald article from Michael Chamis. <laughs> it looks like the West Tigers set to fast track Benji Marshall's ascension to the head coaching role in time for next preseason. While Tim Sheens will remain the head coach in name, the club has mapped out a plan for Benji to assume responsibilities when the team returns to preseason training in November. What do you make of that? That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. I think that's something that probably would be expected given he's going to be the head coach 2025. Get him into that mentoring role while he doesn't have that pressure on him. Um, but at the same time, I think if a few more performances like this happen, Benji might really the idea of having that riff with Scott Fulton. Oh, Scotty Fulton. <laughs> yeah, and I think you, they've expressed interest in guys like Braden Trindle, guys like Jack Cogger, Latu Fainu, Samuela Fainu. They've all been spoken to by them. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and the question, was, the question that's going to be, Sorry to cut you off there again, AJ, but the thing with that is those aren't guys that are going to come in this team sports team straight away. Uh, no. No. And really solid first players, really solid first-rate players who are going to stop you losing a few. He's going to come through the system, he's going to develop into a, probably a stud first-grader, but that's going to take time. And I don't think that's something the Tigers have right there. They've went straight away. And, and they've targets. For... Mm-hmm. I tend yeah. to agree no, there. It's a long... Your turn. <laughs> it's a long... It's a long list for the shark... For the Tigers, sorry, that they have to do. There's a lot there that needs to be fixed. Uh, does it mean that Lee Hadjipatan Ellis has to go? I think he does have to. I think I, I think him and Pasco both have to go, 100%. I can't see it. Pasco has they, to go. Yeah, I can't see a world where either of them are at the Tigers in 20. And to a lesser extent, the members as well. Mm hmm. I tend to agree, my friend, Mundo. I tend to agree. But for the Tigers, they've got the Sharks on Thursday night football. And then for the Cowboys, they are on the bye week. For the Cowboys, they're on the bye week. Did I say that yeah. right? I think I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> all good. All good. It's been a busy day. All good. All good. But anyway, <laughs> we are off to the land of the Gabba. So... I need to make sure I get the music right. It is time to venture down to Fraggle Rock. Beautiful. <laughs> Welcome to Fraggle Rock, the land of the Gabba. I am Uncle Trowley Max. We have ventured to a cricket pitch. I am used to rectangles. This 
is unfamiliar foreign land. <laughs> I have been waiting weeks to say this line, and every time we come to, to here, we are playing the Fraggle Rock music. Every time we come to the Gabba and to a cricket pitch stadium, that is the anthem we play. Lovely. That a fair shout? That's a fair shout for me. Let's do it. So let's talk about this game. Uh, Tristan Saylor deputising for the potty mouth. That is Reese Walsh. Swearing and lying at the judiciary. How friggin' dare he? <laughs> no comments. <laughs> I know you copped a bit of a serve on Twitter on Tuesday night, mate. You copped it more than anybody. <laughs> hey, look, I'll it's your forum to respond. <laughs> yeah, I'll, look, look, I'll one hundred percent comment on the trend. I, I thought Walsh was not guilty. Uh, obviously, I still have my suspicions that he wasn't guilty. Uh, but at the end of the day, we cop what the judiciary handed down. Suspension, one of those. Origin anyway, so really it's only two weeks for the Broncos, um, and it's against the Dolphins and the Bulldogs, which, you know, if, if your staff fullback's missing three games, those two teams probably aren't the worst teams to be facing. Yeah, I've got something else I need to play, because this sums up the uh, criminal justice system in the judiciary. <laughs> I really wanted the, the criminal justice system. These are their stories. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk through Tristan Saylor's game. Nine runs, 80 metres, 17 post-contact metres, a line break assist, to try assist, uh, only having the 28 touches at the football. Um, Ma'am, only 18 touches. What do you make of that possession counter? Um, yeah, it's... I mean... Look, Ezra was disappointing. I'm going to be very blown about that. I thought he wasn't getting themselves himself. And I think you sort of see... ...to open up the play to allow him to be at his best. Um, but at the same time, you can say the same about Adam Reynolds. Oh, his performance last uh, Yeah, last night. Oh, days playing for one these days. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, but Kano, look. I mean, still twenty-two carries, two hundred or twenty-three carries, two hundred and twenty-four meters, ninety post contact, ten tackle mm-hmm. bus as a flop. Like, fun, fun, know, fun. I mean, this game was sort of boring. Or, sorry, the other way around, quality over quantity. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, looking through the rest of the side, Herbie was phenomenal um, going up against Tavare's defense. Not so much when Tavare was attacking him, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, Selwyn. Very, very strong um, taking on. Tefale? Testing you, his son. <laughs> uh, I thought this was one of Palacia's best.
better games, but still he was very, very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Billy Walters provided good service around dummy half. Definitely a lot better than Parsons really did. Um, but again, I've already said my piece on that last week, so there's no point in me repeating that. Bakura, very solid, like he has been in the last few weeks. Carrigan looked strong on the edge, but I think he should have moved into the middle at some point. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kirby Heatherington, very strong. And I thought just for the record, Tristan Saylor at fullback wasn't bad, but wasn't overly good either. Definitely, yeah, now definitely, didn't, definitely didn't do as well as he did against the Warriors. Yeah, uh, from, we did have, we were going to have some Broncos fans come and invade the show, but because of Twitter, that kind of went on uh, Death's Door this week, but that's okay. We do have some viewer contribution from one of our keen fans, at Lowkey Abby. She says, Herbie's still a hog, Reynolds kicking game abysmal, Cobbo the hero, we want Moser, the Gabba as a venue sucks. <laughs> the prosecution rests their case. Yeah. Yeah, I, every every one of those points I agree with. Um, I particularly think the Herbie comment, it's something I touched on last week, and I will say that first try, Corey Parker was glazing him for doing everything he could to not offload the ball to Corey Oates. As a super coach owner of Herbie Farmworth, I support that decision from Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> but as a rugby league purist? Yeah. Also, yeah. speaking of super coach, I mean, I'm going to be out of the top 2% this week, but thanks oh, to some no. abysmal, abysmal decisions like starting Jareem Buller, um, sitting Tyrone Munro, um, Johnny Bateman starting, but I'm making some big changes to my team next week. I sold Joshy Schuster because outside of, hang on, did Josh Schuster score out score? What did he finish with? He finished with 43. Yep, still a good decision to sell, Joshy. Yeah. I'll sell Sean Kepi next week. But for the Dolphins, Hammer at Center was an interesting experiment. I thought it was an experiment that I liked. I like him in the front line. I thought he was really good. But we do need to talk about officiating in this game for one clear reason and one clear reason only. What was the touchy on the sideline doing when the ball was near the sideline? <laughs> And I think I think I think he got put off by the fact he was on an oval. I think he was too far too far back. He was on he was on the oval side instead of being on the touchline. So he's mm-hmm. going to play. <laughs> Come on, that's not an seriously, excuse. Seriously, I know I know I'm going to trigger your flashbacks here, but that was almost Morris esque. We're done here. <laughs> <laughs> you have tortured me, mate. That is worse. <laughs> Then SKD's intercept for me. <laughs> I will never forgive that touchy, but away from that now, you've pissed me off. Um, <laughs> K Farno, great. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, came up with an amazing try saver in the corner. I think it was on. It was on someone. It was a good try saver. However, it comes with sad news for the Dolphins. Jeremy Marshall King looks like he's done for the year with that shoulder, an AC joint aggravation. And also Felice Kafusi with a concussion. So That's right. He failed his HIA, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, not good times there. But anyways, for the Dolphins, 
They have... Did they have the... Oh, that's right. I got the Titans next week. Broncos have the bye. Okay, next up, we are off to Acor Stadium, Newcastle 66, Canterbury nil. Where's that headline? Where is that headline that said this was the closest competition here ever? Yeah. Um, instead, we've had the first round since 2004 where three teams have scored 50 points in the same week. Not even PVL Ball had that, which was bizarre. Oh, you knew PVL Ball only benefited the elites. Let I me try call, I, I wouldn't call the Sharks, Cowboys, or Knights the elites. No. No, you wouldn't. We had a couple of times where we got close in 2021. But we didn't actually crack it at all, which is quite disappointing. <laughs> disappointing? What? Yeah, well, don't that you like those games, AJ? We do. It's just that we could have had more teams eliminated from the final series. <laughs> a- a- AJ-, AJ has one close game that the Roosters lose and decides we have to have one close games. Fuck. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but on the game, on to the game. Um, Newcastle, it was a really tight opening affair. Like the first 10 minutes were very even. Uh, but again... After the softening up period, it was all one-way traffic. Newcastle were just at their dominant best. Bradman Best picking up. Would you believe this? A first career hat-trick for Bradman Best. Yeah, that's surprising when I saw it. He's been such a, you know, consistent try-scorer. I was very surprised that was his first, but I guess everyone had to lose it at some point. And he he finally lost his hat-trick virginity today. So good on (laughs) Greg Marju, big out of yardage. Caleb Ponga, three line break assists, three try assists, two line break of his own. We have a Newcastle supporter. We've converted our Irish boss to becoming a Newcastle supporter and a Caleb Ponga fan. That went over really well today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I know there would have been some nice users on Twitter that would have been riding him home with that performance. Only Leo Thompson... The halves and Phoenix Crossland, Dominic Young, and Anari Tawala failed to crack the 100-metre mark. They made Jack Heverington look passable. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you concerned about Dom Young not getting there, or are you just going to put that down to the fact that the Bulldogs didn't have enough ball to kick? Uh, I'm just going to put it down to the fact the Bulldogs did not have enough ball to kick. And let's yeah. be real, he still had six tackle breaks anyway. Greg Marju had 15 tackle breaks. Jesus. Fifteen tackle breaks. Yeah, um, um, just great. Uh, Fitzgibbon had seven, Elliot had six, Ponga had nine, best seven, young six. It was just brutal one way traffic in this game. Jackson Hastings had. A try assist of his own, or had a try of his own and a line break. But we need to have words about touch judges calling forward passes and not calling forward passes. To rob a big fella of his first NRL try is a near sackable offence. Personally, I think um, there's an excuse now. Assuming that we still go to the end of the season and he hasn't scored, 
uh, he has an excuse to get the touchy to do the nudie run. Not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interesting, that one. Let me tell you. Very, very interesting indeed, my friendo Mundo. But for the Bulldogs, it was a day that they want to forget. Boot off Acor Stadium at halftime and at full time. Reed Marnie saying something quite ridiculous in the press match conference, in the post match press conference. And it just summed up really what was a dog day afternoon for the Bulldogs. Let's just read Reed Marnie's quote. He said that the Bulldogs were booed off the park at halftime, leading Marnie to declare fans don't have the right to do that before trying to take back his words, and, but not his message. He said that fans, yeah, what did Marnie say? He said something about hopping off the bus. Yeah. Uh, as yeah, well. Yes. Look, first of all, I think, you know, I, I don't want to do the old old attitude, but I think this is the risk you take when you sign someone and make them captain first season. They don't understand the club as well as someone does who might have been coming through the system. Uh-huh. Uh, but from the second side of things, if you don't want to get booed off the fucking field, play football. Like, if, if, go on. It's not a hard concept. If you put the effort in, you're not going to get booed off the field. He further went on to say, you can't expect... Oh, we got a lot of young boys that have played only 10 or less first-grade games. And put is a lesson you learn every week. You can't expect the halfback that's played five games to go out there and be Jonathan Thurston straight away. It takes time. I've been there before and it's a hard road and we are willing to take that road. That's the road we are on. For the players and the fans, if you don't want to be on that road, then hop off the bus because we're going in the right direction. Um, I would disagree with that. I think the Bulldogs have gone backwards this year compared to where they were last season. Well, after they sacked Barrett, from where they they're were going in, the product, you know, the, and they've been they've been able to add Marnie, they've been able to add Kickout. I know he hasn't been able to play most of the season, but they made these flash signings, and they've gone backwards. Yes, I agree. There, they've also been hammered by injury too. Absolutely crucified by injury. I understand that, but at the end of the day, regardless of how many players are injured, you put 17 out there, it's still 17 on 17. I'm not trying to excuse the performance in any way. I'm just saying that they've been absolutely screwed apart by injury this year. Look, look, I've made the injury excuse on behalf of the Bulldogs already on this podcast. All right? You mm-hmm. probably remember that. But I do. At the end of the day... Regardless of if the players are 100% healthy or not, the effort that the Bulldogs showed in this game was disgraceful. It was poor effort, very disappointing. I think it's an understatement, disappointing. Uh, the way they treated Rajab, I thought, was disgusting. Like, what is the go with the way they are treating their halves at this club? They stitched Flano up last year. They stitched Flano up this year. They stitched Oluwapu up. They stitched Rajab up. Do they have any idea how to develop? Rajab, they took Rajab into the line and gave him a fish and said, all right, go on, son, do something with it. Yeah. And And I I understand that, you know, probably from an Oluwapu standpoint, 
you don't want him to lose confidence from a beat down like that. Throw Josh Reynolds in the halves if that's the case. Throw someone who's been there, done that before. Like, where do they go from here? Like, that's the next question you ask. Like, I was going to say New South Wales Cup boys have been firing, but they got spanked today by last place in what was a pretty convincing performance by Newcastle. Uh, they looked out of sorts there. Like, you look at the forwards in that team at the moment, like Kyle Flanagan's in there at hooker, Bailey Biondiotto's on that road back. Like, where do you go from here? Oh, you've got to be careful not to fall into the wooden spoon now. Like, I know the Dragons and Tigers both look equally dreadful, but, man, this is just another, you know, right when you think the Bulldogs are getting close, you know, the whole two years away from being two years away thing we said two years ago, they just find a way to lower your expectations again. And Pretty really disappointing, feel, isn't it? I, I really feel for Bulldogs fans, despite how rough this season has been, 11,000 of them still turned out to a call. It's, they don't deserve it. They do not deserve it at all. No, they do not, my friend. And an Ashes update. Australia picked up a fifth wicket. Ben Duckett gone for 83. Caught behind Carey, Bold, Hazelwood. Good stuff. If we, if we can get Stokes out now, basically test over. I think so. Unless Bearstow does what Stokes did last time at Headingley. You never know uh, luck. Uh, I, I, look, I don't have any faith in Bearstow. I don't think the English do either. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's take a look now. Um, I might be slightly depressed. Manly 18, Roosters 16. Now, now, now. Everyone's expecting me to be angry at this game, but I am so proud of my team. Because all year, we have been labelled shit, disappointing everything. While that might be true, they put in a decent effort today. That is the best effort in a loss that I've seen this year. We did not deserve to lose today. And this is probably going to be one of my more controversial takes I'm going to say here, but we were utterly robbed in the penalty count today. Like, that was absolutely poor. Ben Cummins staged managed that win for Manly. Like, the penalty count was 8-3 against us. There's no way it was that bad. There's no way... It was that bad. We should have had a six again at the end of the game because they're laying all over the top of Nat Butcher when we're, uh, Nafu when we're trying to get a quick play of the ball. And no, I'm not saying that just because it's Nafu. <laughs> okay. But across the board, Teddy was great. You can't argue with that, Reese. 28. Runs 200. Very frustrating in that last little period of the game. We deserved a lot better than what we got. Yeah, I agree. It was just, yeah. I, feel, I, do, I do start feeling a bit sorry for you guys. But, you know. We played really well today. Like, I was so impressed with Siwa Wong making his first grade debut. Fahu, outstanding. Collins and JWH lifted. Radley was good on an edge. I was impressed with Nathan Brown. Junior Punga had his best game in first grade. Nat Butcher, defensively solid as a rock. 
Uh, Radley made 41 tackles on an edge today too, Reese. Oh, jeez, that's impressive. Uh, Joey Manu made 13 tackle breaks. You thought Marju was impressive? Yeah. Well, there you go. I'll say the same thing about uh, Joey Manu. That's, that's just Joey Manu things. Yeah. James Tedesco was great today. Didn't overplay his hand at all. Um, has earned a origin reprieve, which is good news for me. I agree with that. I know you might disagree, but he deserves a home swung song. No, yeah, I said I agree with it. Oh, I thought you said disagree. My apologies. No, yeah, I think his performance, like, obviously if he had, um, you know, dookied up the bed again this week, I think there would have been questions asked. But his performance this week definitely gave him that opportunity to have farewell in front of the home fans. Yeah, he did really, really well there, Teddy. Uh Across the board, um, I'm not going to be critical of Drew today. He was really good in the middle of the field um, when Turpin went off for a HIA. Turpin still made 23 tackles in his half an hour of footy, so good stuff from Jake. Um, elsewhere, I gave C.I. Wong a wrap earlier. Uh, Tupo, big out of yardage. I gave Panga a wrap. Allen was good as well. Uh, took advantage of some really nice opportunities down that side of the park. But, yeah, just really unlucky not to walk away with the two points today. A couple of silly plays like that pass Kiri through to DCE. That was just silly. But well, that cost just... you the game. Goal kicking cost us the game today. But Mate, that's a bit harsh. But... It is very harsh, but that's just the reality of it. We had a couple of dumb plays, a couple of things that didn't go our way. But at the end of the day, the boys tried their guts out. This is a loss I'm happy with. From that end of it, I've, there's been losses where I've blown the, the carcass up the roof in this room. But I thought we were very unlucky today not to walk away with two points. Yeah, but then the inverse of that from the standpoint of making the late charge to get to the finals, this is a loss you guys did not need. No, it isn't. We did not need this loss at all. It was a, it's a, it's a bad loss because it's, it's essentially a four-point game today. That's what hurt the most. It was a four-point game. Going into the bye, we're going to be on 20 points. Cowboys jump a game ahead now. They're two games ahead of us because of the bye situation. Um, Manly also in that wonky position with their um, draw. So it's very convoluted. There, I thought Manly played well as well. Going to give them their kudos. They hung in the game a bit guilty, not taking attacking chances, but Ultimately, they at the right times to escape with victory. Yeah, they they missed Turbo in those attacking situations a lot, mm-hmm. but like you said, they managed to get enough enough on points on the board to get over the line with the win. And at the end of the day, two points, two points. You don't turn your nose at that. No, you do not. Anyone to stand out for you for Manly today? Um, I thought well, DCE. Obviously, DC two tries, just in everything, and you know he's coming up to the back end of his career, mm-hmm. and he's still playing with all the energy he had when he was starting his career in 2011 on their Premiership winning side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrick was good at the back as well. Jake Trebojevic really solid defensively today. He made uh, 34 tackles, as those stats have just been sent off and checked through fair play. 
yeah, really good stuff from him today. I, I thought Paseka was pretty good with a massive workload, 21 carries. Not the best metres per carry rate, but still 66 post-contact. Uh, very, very strong game from him. Uh, also, as well, well I, think I think that was really one of the big differences. Uh, yeah, they the definitely were able to do. I thought the interchange of bringing Burbo on that edge really provided a bit of spark too. Yeah, I agree with that. Scored and obviously the... that's, yeah, that's, that's scored the winning try. Yeah, we just overcommitted there. Manu rushed up. Uh, Sandon jammed in a little bit. It's what happens. But again, a loss the Roosters didn't need a win Manly desperately needed. Uh, looking at the latter at the conclusion of round 18, Penrith on top on 26, followed by Brisbane. Of course, 400 games comes into play. Then we've got Cronulla, Melbourne, Cameron on 24, Parramatta Souths, Waz on 22. That rounds out the eight. Bottom eight, we've got the Cowboys, Titans, Manly Dolphins, Roosters, Newcastle, Canterbury, St. George, Illawarra, and West Tigers. On a super coach, real quick, cheesing for the W this week, picked up 1,269 points. I used my vice-captain loophole for the first time. Reese, what did you end up with, my friend? Uh, so I did the uh, vice-captain loophole again, and I ended up finishing on 1,266. Unfortunately for me, despite having Kalen Ponga, David Feeder, and Nico Hines as my captain loop, uh, I was also burdened with having... Sean Johnson, Cameron Munster, and Nick Meany, as well as unfortunately having start having to start Campbell Graham, which meant I got stuck with the auto emergency of Kasami Solo. Yeah, I had an auto emergency in play today, which was Paul Alamotti. He got me uh, thirty points, and I wanted him to get above sixty five because that's what Tyro Munro got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Pasami um, got 15 for me. So. Ouch. Yeah. Um, shout out to this week's top scorer, by the way. Anthony, 1,707. Bloody Laura. He had Fafida, Dearden, Holmes, Haas, Ponga, Maju, Hines as captain, Manu, Garrick. Jesus. Fair enough. That's just a once-in-a-lifetime game to have all those players hit on the same weekend. Yeah. Uh, winners this week, Haley, Will, Dylan, Billy, Pete, Anthony, Bryson, Michael, Jacob, and Maxim. Of course, updates pending. I'm hoping for a cheeky Joey Manu ton and also a Ruben Garrick ton. Fingers, toes, everything crossed for those updates. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, on a lower grade report, we're going to kick off in New South Wales. Warriors 21, Rabbitohs 18. Uh, Talis Duncan picking up a double for South Sydney. Uh, Tain to a picky running for 232 metres in some atrocious conditions. Uh, Kalani going, running for 155 metres. James Gabay, 145 metres. Top tackler was uh, Jacob Laban with 40, 36 for the Warriors. Peter Mamazelis, 48 for the Bunnies. Solid. Raiders 22, Panthers 18. Bit of an upset in this one. Chevy still picked up a try for, uh, for the Raiders. They hung on. They had Utila Musamua knocked out. And Elijah Anderson suffering that horror knee injury. 
I don't know if you've seen it, Reese, but he's yeah, teletaping. Yeah. Yikes. That was yuck. Sending him a lot of love. 100%. Uh, Trey Mooney, 100%. best of the... Trey Mooney, best of the meter eaters. Chevy still close behind. Uh, best defender of the day was Danny Levi, making 52 tackles. Liam Henry made 52 tackles for Penrith and also ran for 280 meters. Bloody hell. Jeez. Have a game, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Mav Guy, Eddie Blacko, Chris Smith, and John Fayumu all did pretty good as well. Uh Jesse McLean only having three runs again in the centres before being hooked after 47 minutes. Bit of a concern there with Jesse and his development at the moment. Yeah, he sort of hit uh, a little bit of a wall. <coughs> uh, just, excuse you. Um, Sorry, just have to find a way to climb over it. Yeah, I've been struck down a bit of a flu this weekend. Uh, Dragons 46, Newtown 12. This is an upset. Uh a lot of Shark supporters turned this game off at half time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. Uh, Josh Mansour. I do not blame him. Josh Mansour, a hat trick for Newtown. Uh, Jesse Colhoun, impressive on the edge. Defensively, also best tackler. Toby Rudolph returned, getting through uh, 36 minutes, nine runs, 108 metres, 10 tackles for one miss. For the Dragons, Talatau Amone played at 5-8, played 72 minutes, set up two tries and two line breaks, 151 metres for him. Alec Tilmavaki, Billy Burns and Zane Musgrove all pushing for selection with strong performances as well. Uh, today's games, Bulldogs, Knights. Knights won 38-12 in a bit of an upset. Fletcher Myers, the young manly convert that transferred midweek as we put up on our league scene Twitter page. He got a hat-trick today on Dubu. Not bad at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hatrick on debut for him. Uh, also, Adam Kloon impressed, setting up two tries. Uh, Debutant Carl McCarthy picked up a try. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Villa yeah. kicking four goals from eight attempts. For the Bulldogs, Gerald Skelton ran for over 200 metres on the wing. Elsewhere, nobody of note really impressed outside Franklin Pelle, who ran for over 100 metres. Defensively, was pretty poor across the ground. Kyle Flanagan making 42 tackles. Uh, these last two games, no stats in, just scores. But I can provide a bit of context. Blacktown 48, Roosters 6. Roosters were playing no one of note, but Manly were playing KO Weeks, Vega Bus, Morgan Harper, Cooper Johns, Jake Arthur. Sean Kepi, Cam Cum Tom, Condon, Finu, Lawton, Morgan Boyle, Austin Diaz, Dean Madison. Point noted. IA <laughs> stacked. Yeah. One of the best reserve grade sides you'll see this season. Yeah. No surprises the Roosters didn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> And let me just get some scorers up for that game pretty quickly because I know that Ella would be wondering if Gordon can come Tom scored. No, he didn't, but the Vega bus <laughs> picked up a double. Sean Kepi did score as well. Uh, North's 46, Western Suburbs 18. Alan Pierce from the Roosters to the Bears. He picked up four tries. He has a habit of finding the line, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, do you know why he moved across by any chance? Uh, probably just to increase his development. Okay. 
We've done that with a couple of players. We sent El Zakim across as well because we took Junior Pauga from North. Easy. That's why we did. That's it's why just not something you see very often. No, and that's the thing with the two sides this year that's made things a little bit difficult for Roosters fans to track is because we're either disadvantaging one or the other. Or you've just got to spread too thin and both are disadvantaged. Yeah. Looking at the ladder, uh, Bulldogs and Jets now tied on 25. Norths one point behind on 21. Warriors and Raiders on 21. Penrith and Blacktown and Souths on 20. St. George, 19. Parramatta, 17. West, 16. Newcastle, uh, 14. And the Roosters down the bottom on 10 points. Yet to have their second bye. Uh, on to Queensland Cup. And boy, oh boy, this was one fun week. And I'll get through why it was fun right now. Uh, Falcons, 24. Bears, 18. We did have a send-off in this game for fighting. Joshua Patston was sent off, and we had two Simbins. Typical key cup. cup. <laughs> yeah, typical key cup. Keanu Keeney ran for over 200 metres. Isaac Basuma Ali was huge. 42 tackles, 100 plus metres. Jacob Alec, impressive on the edge. Tyrone Roberts kicking two goals and a penalty goal. Uh, for the Falcons, Sua Fa'alonga running for over 100 metres. Uh, six tackle breaks. Uh, Grant Anderson, a um, bit of a mixed bag from him. Uh, Jack Howarth on the edge. He's one a couple of Storm fans have asked me about. Nine runs, 98 metres, 40 post-contact metres, 24 tackles, only the one miss. So some good signs there. Uh, upset... Nothing to really write home about, though. Oh, nothing like that at all. Uh, upset time, Hunters for his eight. Oh, that's not one. Yeah. What happened? Uh, the Hunters have really put up a game. They've really done a lot to improve the And they deserve some credit. Sonny Wabo, one of the Hall of Fame players, he did really well. Roger Ty running for over 100 metres. Uh, for the Capras, they only had Oliver Gildart, Kurt Donohue, and Lachlan Hubner as part of Dolphins contracted players that went across to Fort Moresby. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nixon put in his homecoming, 16 runs, 141 metres. I really like this kid. This man, sorry, he's off to Castleford next year. Uh, really good product. But again, another loss to Capra simply didn't need. Uh, East Tigers, 36, Pride, 10. Unfortunately, Will Partridge in a pantry simply did not deliver for the Northern Pride this week. Uh, no. I know he's close <laughs> to your heart, mate. <laughs> Daniel Hydemarsh Tacky ran for over 120 metres. Uh, elsewhere, they were just completely and utterly outplayed. Uh, Partridge only didn't miss a tackle, though, so he's escaping our wrath there. Uh, Ewan Moore topped the tackle count with 31. Uh, for the East Tigers, Alec McDonald had two line breaks for two tries. Uh, Jonah Pazette made a comeback there. He set up. Uh, nothing. I thought I was getting ready for him to have line breaks and try assists, but he only kicked five goals. <laughs> you set me up for failure. You got you got two overhead of yourself. Yeah, Jordan Grant did well though, running the football. Joe Chan is one that's been a bit of a mixed bag. He's been up and down between Melbourne flag and NRL. Uh, ten runs, ninety-five meters, 
10 tackles, two misses, not bad, not great. Four Blackhawks, 24, Cam. Uh, so Jack Dojewski was sent off in the first minute of play. <laughs> what for? High tackle on Cameron uh... Cowan. <laughs> How bad was it? I wonder. He didn't return with a HIA. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look it up. I'm going to have to try and get onto Q Plus Live and maybe pay for a subscription to see what happened. But with all these send-offs that are happening... You, you, you know what it sounds like? What? Sounds like a good old-fashioned Kodanga. <laughs> so, um, Close fist, arm out. <laughs> uh, Kyle Felt did play for the Blackhawks today. First game there since 2015. He picked up a try. Solid. Uh, 24-all draw, though, so definitely a close game there. Uh, Magpies, 48. Clydesdales, 22. Uh, Blake Moser did pick up a try in this game. Um, celebrate now. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, really good display from the Magpies today. A uh, real trap game. We saw them struggle in a trap game a couple of weeks ago against Ipswich, but they really delivered today. Uh, cutters, 36. Uh, can I just, can I just cut in quickly? Because I do have a bit of, uh, rumours. Go ahead, my friend. Rumour around the water cooler is if Moza can back this up with another solid performance next week, his Broncos debut will be round 20 against the Bulldogs. I so like I thought, him. I, I thought I'd wait until the reserve grade wrap to say that, but yeah, so the ball's in his court. Uh, especially with Tyson Speedy's performance last night. Mm-hmm. The ball is 100% in his court, and it's up to him now to get the job done and get into the first grade squad. Yeah. Cutters 36, Jets 20. Uh, no one really of NRL note in this game, but we do have stats because it was the live game. Uh, Rico Falakino ran for 182 metres free line breaks. Sean Mullaney, the pick of the bunch for Makai Cutters. Uh, Flynn Camilleri picking up two tries. And then last one, Seagulls 30, Devils 16. Jonathan Rupert picking up a double for the Devils. Uh, Cruz Leeming and Tremaine Spry picking up tries for the Seagulls. Looking at the ladder in that competition, South Logan on top on forward against from Burley, both on 26. Winner Manly 24, Brisbane Tigers 23, Dolphins and Pride on 21. Tweed and Capras on 20, Sunshine Coast 19. Uh, Hunters 17, Blackhawks 15, Devils 14, Client Stars 8, Cutters 4, and Jets 2. And AJ, just before we move on, I just want to get your thoughts. What's your thoughts on the rumours going around that the Broncos are targeting the Burley Bears to replace the North Devils for their reserve grade team from 2024? Well, I was hearing this week that, that um, the Titans want their own reserve grade side. I think... The belief is that the Titans will do something similar to what the Cowboys have done with the Blackhawks. Well, they'll just have one exclusive team and then the rest they'll just keep providing financial support? Yep, exactly. I Um, like that idea. I like that. If if, if that's the case, 100% the Burley Bears would be looking to go to uh, attach themselves to an NRL side because we see it right now with Mackay and with the pride, how tough it is for them to win games without NRL talent. Mm-hmm, 100% right, my friend. Uh, moving on this week to our low cow of the week. No. This week's low cow of the week goes to 
Brisbane Broncos Twitter. And our good friend, Josh Bird. <laughs> this is why social media is a cesspit. This is why you watch everything you say, everything you write, because it might one day come back and bite you in the ass like our good detective, George. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, like I said, I never want to get on George's bad side. Because... Oh, He'll find stuff I didn't even put on Twitter. Like, yeah. Be, like, he is one of one, seriously. Yeah, and also, before I get to your lol cow of the week, uh, there was an NRLW trial match played last night between the Titans and the Cowboys, and it was a big win for the Titans. Oh, that's, that's great. And obviously, we will be focusing on the NRLW this season, just like we did last season. Yep, we uh, will be. We'll be including that as part of our low-grade wrap-up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can't can't wait for it to get going. It shapes up to be a really exciting season. Reese, what have you got, my friend? Uh, unfortunately, I am not going to pick a lol cow this week. Um, and that's because it's out of respect. Uh, very tragic accident happened in the world of motorsport uh, yesterday. A young 18-year-old racer named Dillian Van. Uh, damn, I think it was. Sorry, I'm just going to look it up. I, I oh, can't is this that accident at Spa? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Hold on, let me just let me just make sure I'm getting the name right. Diliano Van Hoff? Yeah, that's the one. Diliano Van Hoff. Uh, unfortunately, 18 years old, racing in the... Breaker Championship, which is pretty much the fourth tier of Formula One. Um, unfortunately, very, very sad accident um, led to him passing away. And also the other driver involved in the incident um, left with very severe injuries, broken bones. Just, just a nasty situation. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of the most poor world is offering their condolences. Um, and yeah, out of respect, I chose not to include a lolcow this week uh, because, you know, obviously it would have probably been from Formula One, um, but just not the right place for it, I guess. 100% right, my friend. Very respectful of you indeed. But that is where we are going to wrap up this edition of the league scene. Reese, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, AJ. And we'll see you next week for our look at round Nineteen. Take care, everyone. Yes. All right, bye, guys. Not bad. Oh yes, he got run out. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that come up there, though. Oh my god, fucking mm. Johnny. Okay, update on Twitter. Oh my god, I was actually able to view tweets, and now I've gone over the limit. No. Fuck you, Elon. Yeah, fucking hell. Am I allowed to tweet yet? Hang on. I'm hung on. No. Okay, I've taken off the VPN. I can now read it. Can I like shit? No. This request looks like it might be automated. Yeah, I'm getting the same message. Why is it us? What have we done? We're bots. <laughs> it's probably because we use TweetDeck. Well, I haven't thought about that.
That might be why. But I can still tweet off the leak scene one, okay? Why am I automated Twitter? <laughs> they won't know yet. Okay, let me try and make myself like a... Prof- let me go into this as a professional account category. Journalist. <laughs> I'm going to leave you to it. All, right, I'll All good, mate. I'll edit it up tonight. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Have fun. See ya. See ya.